Hello everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie and after reviewing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the latest installment in the AC franchise, I am ready to rank all 12 AC games from the worst to the best. So let's get started! Okay guys, for today's ranking, I'm gonna try and do something different. So far I have ranked the MCU and the DCU movie franchises, as well as Peaky Blinders 5 seasons, and for those lists, I simply went through each movie or season uh, as they landed on, the, on each spot of the list, and I just explained its placing. For the AC games, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to go through topics, through um, such as characters, uh, story, locations, etc. And I will be choosing the best three games in each topic, as well as the worst three, and give quick reasons as to why. And I'm choosing to do this this way because my last episode on Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been the only AC episode in which I give my opinion on the franchise. And in that episode, it was on one particular game. So by doing this, you can know more about how I feel about each entry. I am keeping a list next to me in which I am keeping score, uh, giving some points and taking some points to each game, depending on the position, so that so by the end, I can have a general idea for the ranking, even though I will probably move around one or two games when I get there. Uh, also, just so you know about my history with Assassin's Creed, I've been a fan since 2012. I was 13 years old when I first played Assassin's Creed 3. I vividly remember watching a trailer for the game, thinking it looked doped, dope, uh, and that at the time, I wasn't playing anything else, so why not try out this franchise? And I was hooked from the start. Until then, I had played mostly PS2 games. I only had a couple of PS3 games, and not that good either. So Assassin's Creed 3 was perhaps one of the first video games that turned me into a full gamer. <laughs> because after finishing the story of AC3, I went to the store and bought AC1, 2, Brotherhood and Revelations, which were all super cheap because I bought them at this second-hand gaming store, which has been closed since then, sadly. And after that, I have played through all the AC main games. I have completed almost all of the DLCs available since Unity. Maybe I skipped Odyssey and some of Origins, but... Um, Throughout all of the all of the franchise, I I, I, I tapped into some of the, these um, additional extra content, and also I have not played AC Liberation because I do not own a PS Vita, even though I know there's a main console version since then. Um, so that's why I'm not adding this one to the list. So yeah, to be clear, and for those of you who do not know this, those of you who have not followed the AC game franchise. The 12 main AC games are AC1 from 2007, AC2 2009, AC Brotherhood 2010, AC Revelations 2011, AC3 2012, AC4 Black Flag 2013, 
AC Rogue and AC Unity, both from 2014, AC Syndicate, 2015, AC Origins, 2017, AC Odyssey, 2018, and AC Valhalla, 2020. Whew. Okay, with that said, let's dive right in. Starting with the main character, the one you play as. In my opinion, the top three protagonists are Ezio Adetore da Firenze from Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood and Revelations, Edward Kenway from Black Flag, and Bayek of Siwa from Origins. Here I thought about their charisma, their moral code, and the connection I felt with each character. And these three are easily the best for me, because, yeah, they just exude this personality. I just felt connected to them. Uh, but in the bottom, though, I put Connor Canway, Assassin's Creed 3, Jacob Fry from Syndicate, and Cassandra slash Alexios from Odyssey. The latter being quite obvious as to why. There is no personality, personality there as you literally choose who you want Cassandra or Alexios to be, which is really dumb. Um, because, anyway. And Jacob was just... It was really annoying, always trying to make jokes. Um, and Connor, even though I have a, sp a soft spot for him, as he was the protagonist of my very first AC experience, was just too serious for a young man, too troubled, and without a great sense of, well, personality either. Which is a shame because he had something interesting going on with his backstory. And, um, and yeah, I, I want to add an honorable mention here though. It being Eivor from Valhalla, because he or she was such an upgrade from Odyssey's main character and a return back to normal protagonists, which I fully believe to be crucial for our enjoyment of their journey. And Eivor, yeah, he has a very good personality, sense of honor and loyalty. Yeah, I really enjoyed Eivor from Valhalla. Speaking of which, now let's look at character arc, which is a bit different from the last point, as I am looking at the emotional, intellectual journey each character took throughout their stories. The top picks for me are, once again, Edward and Ezio. The, the Ezio specifically, uh, specifically from Brotherhood, as he gets to fully evolve from what he was in the second game, and pave the way for his mentorship in Revelations, and my third choice is Altair ibn Lahad from Assassin's Creed 1. He's a completely different assassin when you get to the end, to the final act. Compared to his arrogance and stubbornness he displayed at the start. And with Edward, let me say, it just ties into his connection to the creed and his personal story, which is intrinsically intrinsically linked to his relationships, the broken and the born anew, which made for a very compelling, heartfelt finale for an AC game. But uh, the worst three <laughs> for me are Connors, Cassandra's slash Alexios, and Jacob's, just like in the characters section. Because as I've said, their personalities are so bland and or annoying and or non-existent that even in their personal journeys there are no 
clear changes in their perspective, I'm afraid. There are slight variations in their views of the creed or their role in society, but nothing major, unfortunately. Moving on to the main antagonists. Here I looked at how much I enjoyed having these characters as the villains, and if I still remember them well. Uh, my top three choices are Charles, Charles Lee, Charles Lee from Assassin's Creed 3, that rhymed, Crawford Sterick from Syndicate, and Al Mualim from Assassin's Creed 1. Those are the ones I, I enjoyed the most. The, the ones that, in my opinion, seemed to take on the role of antagonist much better than all the other ones. And they still have, they have something to add to the story. Um, I also contemplated adding Valhalla's antagonist, but because it's still very fresh, I decided to leave it out. But let me say that I did enjoy what they did with its villain, villains. My bottom three choices are Unity's Francois Thomas Germain, Odyssey's Aspasia, and Revelation's Prince Hamet. And my main reason for these choices is that I had to look up all of these because I forgot about their names and some even how they looked. That's how unmemorable they were for me. Okay, let's sidetrack to side characters now. And for these, I'm looking mostly at allies, if they added anything to the main story, if they were colorful people or not, and again, if I remember them. The best are Black Flag's characters, without a question, and in Assassin's Creed 2 and Valhalla, we also get some great set of characters. I don't think I really need to explain why I chose these three, do I? Um, of course, if you don't know, if you haven't played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, then you might not understand why I picked it. So just to clarify, due to the, um, the story mechanic of finding allies, building bonds with so many different people from different regions, plus your relationship with your own clan, I just had to add Valhalla to the top of the list because there was so much connection to the side characters, to those stories that I just loved. But the worst three are Assassin's Creed 3, Odyssey, and Assassin's Creed 1. I think Odyssey is pretty straightforward. That game was the game. But to explain Assassin's Creed 1 being so low, um, for me it was that the fact that there, there are so few female characters and so few permanent allies and such. You have your targets and some Creed Assassin's allies by your side at points in time, but the interactions are but a few, and for me at least, quite unmemorable as well. And for Assassin's Creed 3, you do have Achilles Davenport as a mentor, who is great, and just and some uh, fun historical figures who were all right in their um, existence in the story, but apart from that, not, not one of the best in the franchise, I'm afraid. Moving on to the Assassin v Templar element of each Assassin's Creed game, and granted that for the past three installments it hasn't been exactly Assassins and Templars, 
and that will count massively. Um, because all these games are supposedly Assassin's Creed, thus putting Origins and Odyssey in the bottom three, without a question, plus Assassin's Creed Revelations, which had, um, he had an easily forgettable Templar story, in my opinion. I didn't really, while I was doing this ranking and thinking about each game, I just couldn't really remember the Assassin V Templar story of Revelations, I'm afraid. And for my top three picks, my top three, I'll have to go with Assassin's Creed 2 being the very best. Syndicate was actually alright in that regard for me, um, because it's still focused heavily on this um, on this war, and not and after after Syndicate um, with Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, kind of drifted away from that. So Syndicate was actually pretty good, and Assassin's Creed 3, which might be an unpopular opinion for this topic. But I kind of enjoyed how Connor was being familiarized with the Assassins and the Templars, the stuff with his dad, Atham, who was an active Templar, with a surprisingly fleshed out set of morals and ideals. And I really enjoyed moving on through each sequence, hunting down the Templars and seeing how Connor interacted with each, as they usually presented some sort of intellectual dilemma for the overall story and some philosophical conflicts for Connor too. Maybe I'm biased because it was my first Assassin's Creed game that I played, but there you go. Now, let's talk about the actual main story, with everything taken into consideration, how the actual core plot was from the beginning to end, how it felt to me. And for my top three, I have to go with Assassin's Creed 1, Assassin's Creed 2, and Assassin's Creed Origins. I think the stories of each game were written beautifully, really well crafted, and even though I might not actively want to replay these games, I still appreciate how great of a story they had. And in my bottom three, we have Odyssey, Rogue, and Brotherhood. Odyssey? Well, it's Odyssey. Uh, there's not much I can say about that. With Rogue, even though we, I kind of enjoyed playing as a Templar and looking at the Creed through a different lens, the story was too short. The shortest, I believe, and that's why it's in my bottom three. And with Brotherhood, it felt too much of a um, continuation of Assassin's Creed 2, so much so that I sometimes forget which bits and pieces were from... Assassin's Creed 2 or Brotherhood. I can only remember uh, Cesare Borgia being introduced as this awful spoiled little brat in Brotherhood and and yeah it's not really it's not particularly a story that I want to replay that I want to revisit anytime soon. Moving on to the modern day Assassin's Creed has always been this tight connection between the past Assassin v Templar War, and the current, modern-day, much more hidden conflict between those two factions. And the use, the use of, of the Animus machines as a way to explore the memories of these past characters has always intrigued me so much. Maybe it's even the singular reason as to why I fell in love with Assassin's Creed in the first place. It's such a, a great concept and our 21st century protagonists were vital 
in giving us either a good or a bad modern day arc. That's why my bottom three are Black Flag, Unity and Rogue, with the dishonorable mention of Syndicate, because we played as this floating head, like in first person, without a voice, and quite frankly without a purpose, and okay, yeah, these games were the link between the Desmond Miles-led modern day and the Layla Asan story of Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, but what a disappointing link that was. Assassin's Creed 1, Assassin's Creed 2, and Valhalla had a much more enticing modern-day story, in my opinion, that's why they're in my top three. And if you haven't played Valhalla yet and you're thinking about it, honestly do it. The modern-day stuff is much better than in Origins and Odyssey, in my opinion, and and send me an email or a message on Twitter and Instagram when you're done with the game, because I believe it to be pretty divisive amongst fans, but I quite like the boldness they displayed in that finale. So, yeah, to those of you who have played it already, let me know what you thought too, because I'm sure we can either agree or disagree, because, yeah, it was really controversial. Let's move on to the world of the game, its locations. One of the best parts about AC games is exploring new cities, cities and countries set in different time periods and cultures. It's really mind-blowing and educational. I learned so much about history through Assassin's Creed, most of it because of the context, of course, but also because of the places we visit in the game. And I looked at the list of the locations, the main locations, and I thought about vibrancy, color and cultural importance so in my top three i put assassin's creed 2 black flag and odyssey yeah actually the latter because there were so many different places and it was so colorful like colorful like i said and the other two were just phenomenal i don't think there's much explaining needed there <laughs> now for the bottom three again i was mostly thinking about how they don't have much color, how bland and repetitive they seemed. So I put Assassin's Creed Revelations, Rogue, and AC1, which might be a somewhat unpopular opinion, but yeah, that's just how I feel, guys. That's just one more opinion, yeah? Hmm? <laughs> but yeah, I think the world was very much, was was a bit gray, too, too much, too gray, you know, too of a grayish color. Uh, around it. That's why AC1 is in my top, in my bottom three. Moving on to the historical context, which is slightly different from this last section, as the real events of each game partially define the interest in said game. For my top three, I chose, again, Assassin's Creed 2, because we are living in the Renaissance, Assassin's Creed 3 uh, in the American Revolution, and Origins reign of Ptolemy in ancient Egypt. I just enjoyed the settings of these three games. The, they're the ones that are, where I learned the most and was most in awe of the historical context. Honestly, most games left me amazed by the time periods and the stories it had, it had ingrained in them, but Rogue's Seven Years' War, Odyssey's 
Peloponnesian War and Revelations um, consequences of the Ottoman-Byzantine War in Constantinople kind of disappointed me. I had no real interest in the, in the historical context of these games. I don't really know why. It just didn't appeal to me that much, I'm afraid. And I, like I said, it's about <laughs> remembering the stories and the context. I just don't remember those as well. Now for exploration. And by exploration I mean how you, the player, can interact with the world. How, if you have the liberty to, 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 uh, to, to explore, to choose your path, and the amount of side activities we have at our disposal as well. So in that regard, I have to give it to the last three games. Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla, because they really drove me to explore every corner of the world, while Assassin's Creed 1, Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed Rogue just didn't really attract me in that way. I didn't feel compelled to go here and go there and find out more about the world. It just didn't do it for me, which is really sad, but that's just how, that's just how it is. It is what it is. Let's move on to gameplay. And here I'm thinking about how the controls feel, how good the overall gameplay is as an action-adventure game, and yeah, in my opinion, AC2, AC3 and Valhalla were the ones I had most fun with. The combat was enticing, sometimes challenging, sometimes relaxing, and always really damn cool. Um, and on the other hand, we have Syndicate, which had a combat gameplay really freaking weird. And Origins and Odyssey with a more RPG-focused method of gameplay that I didn't really enjoy for Assassin's Creed. Um, and with Val Valhalla there was a clear upgrade, and that's why it's even one of my favorites and not in the bottom three. But yeah, I just don't think... I think I, I will say this uh, in a bit because I will tap tackle those topics, but... Assassin's Creed isn't, shouldn't be a franchise about RPG uh, gameplay. It shouldn't be an RPG game franchise, and that's why I didn't really enjoy the, the that implementation in Origins and Odyssey, and a bit still, of course, in Valhalla. But looking more specifically now into the stealth and the parkour gameplay, which is vital which is vintage to the Assassin's Creed franchise. And there are clear differences between the games. The bottom three are the same as before, uh, Syndicate, Origins and Odyssey, because there was a downgrade in terms of what we had, we had had, I mean, while the Assassin's Creed 2 and Revelation Stealth and parkour mechanics are much more my liking. But you know what? And this might be a bit of an unpopular opinion. I have to give it to Unity for reinventing the parkour system. The mechanics were just so smooth and fun. I wish that they had kept that same engine for the, the other games that came after because that's one of the few positives of Assassin's Creed Unity. I really enjoyed the... The parkour, like the, traver the traversal, the diagonal um, climbing, 
and yeah, I just I thought I thought that was really great, and I'm so disappointed that they didn't develop that for for Assassin's Creed Syndicate and these last three games. Hopefully, for the next installments, they will try and go back and see what they can learn about Unity, because of course there's a lot of problems. But I think in this case, that was one of the better things. Yeah, one of the best things about Unity. In terms of gear and weapons, the whole customization aspect of Assassin's Creed that has been wildly different with each entry, I have three different aspects to analyze. The look of the assassin outfit, the one you use most of the time, the range of weapons we can use, and the freedom we have with playing with those with both weapons and clothing, um, uh, like choosing what we can wear on our head, uh, torso, blah blah, etc. And Assassin's Creed One, Rogue, and Syndicate add a lack, a lack of thereof um, in those choices for different reasons. In Assassin's Creed One. There was not a lot of customization options, in my opinion. Maybe I I forgot about those, or I didn't really look that hard. But yeah, the costume is cool. Uh, Altair's robes are cool, yes. But apart from that, there's not really much uh, customization options available. In Assassin's Creed Rogue, we had a cool weapon with the air rifle, but not much else, I would say. Maybe, yeah. And in Syndicate... While the outfits were cool, they were interesting, yes, we only had three different types of weapons, which didn't allow for many combat options. Um, and yeah, like I said, the combat was really weird, so combine that with three choices and there's not much else we can do. The best three, the best three games in this regard are Assassin's Creed 2, the outfit just looks dope, and the weapons are simple but awesome to play with. Black Flag, because again, Edward's outfit also looks dope as hell, and the pirate weapons gave it a different, refreshing flair to Assassin's Creed. And once again, Unity, because the customization was so fleshed out and broad. And maybe one could argue that there was too much to choose from, and... And yeah, maybe that, that was true. But having the ability to dye our clothing was a much-needed feature that we haven't seen for a while. And it has been now six, more than six years since Unity. Um, well, they did, add that, they did add that to Syndicate. But yeah, like we haven't seen this, this feature for a while. And it's such a, it's such a nice feature to have. I would say, just to dye our, our robes and clothing, and etc., the, the color we like, so we can perhaps feel more like an assassin, because sometimes the color schemes they, that they have in some gear are just too um, colorful. And colorful is an adjective I've used to, in a positive way to describe the world, yes, but we're an assassin, we sh we, we're assassins, we should blend in, not have gold in our gear. Anyway, let's move on to something more specific. The acting. 
specifically for the main character, because we spend more time with them. And in Syndicate, Unity, and Odyssey, the acting was average, sometimes pretty bad, even. I felt no real connection with the characters, and some of the reasons relied on the actors not giving powerful portrayals of these heroic characters, which is never something we wish to have in a video game where we spend dozens and dozens of hours with this one person. And the real highlights of Assassin's Creed happen in Revelations with Roger Craig Smith's last performance as Ezio, in Black Flag with Matt Ryan's Edward Kenway, and in Origins with Abubakar Salim's portrayal of Bayek, which might be the very best of them all. The, co the connection I felt with each of these protagonists was born out of their emotional presence, which was created in part by the writing, yes, and in part by the beautiful acting they were given, was truly a gift. Next up, and we're almost done, the franchise implications of each game, their importance in the overall overarching story of Assassin's Creed. Some games have fantastic consequences for the future of the world, of this universe, and others feel more like filler games, with not a lot to add to the story of the franchise. Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 3, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla not only left a great mark in the future of the modern-day story, but for the entire AC lore, these three games expanded on the philosophies and the origins of the creed and other more mystical aspects of these games. And they all of them left me speechless at some point in time during my, during my playthroughs. And that's really what I want, to, to, to react, to, to have a, an actual truthful reaction when I'm playing a game. And those three games just gave me that. On the other hand, Rogue, Unity, and Syndicate uh, left me wanting more. More of the Assassin V Templar story. More about what is going on in the present day. More about the, the lore that we so much love about the franchise. And the lack of a good modern day story was disappointing and frustrating. And thus, a crucial factor of these three games being so low on this particular list but the main story, the main story was also very inconsequential for the future of Assassin's Creed, in my opinion. That's just... And, yeah, I, I want to play a game and feel like this is gonna lead somewhere in the future, or this connects to this. Of course, there, there are always some little connections here and there, but... Yeah, it was really disappointing in Rogue Unity and Syndicate, I'm afraid. And lastly... Before I present the actual ranking of all 12 games, let's look at the technicalities. Meaning, the graphics, but also the glitches, those nasty bugs. Origins, Odyssey, and Black Flag had the best graphics, in my opinion, and not many bugs, which did not happen in Valhalla and Unity, games that have beautiful visuals, but a whole lot of glitches, unfortunately. And Assassin's Creed 1, although it didn't glitch that much, like I said before, it had 
average-looking graphics. It was very grey. Nothing too impressive. Of course, it was a 2007 game. Of course, I know that. I have that into consideration, yes. But compared to the rest of the franchise, it was one of the worst ones in this particular regard. And okay, those were all 16 aspects that um, that I that I took into consideration. I'm gonna have a quick break now, and I'll be back with a list of all 12 Assassin's Creed games ranked based on my opinion. And yeah, be right back. All right, guys, let's go right into it. At number 12, of course, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. The existence of choices gave the protagonists no real personality. And going that far back to 400 BC was too much of a stretch for me, considering Assassin's Creed Origins, Origins was believed to be the biggest jump back in time to 40 BC and then we went three centuries back even further which felt odd. At number 11 Assassin's Creed Rogue. Exploring the life of an assassin turned Templar was an interesting twist yes but the story wasn't that enticing or exciting. Shea Patrick Cormac wasn't that interesting of a protagonist as well and the game felt like the clear opposite of Black Flag, and at the same time, quite similar. At number 10, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. The only reason why I have the third AC game so low is because I don't feel like revisiting this game that often. The story wasn't that expensive for me after, after we got the brilliant Assassin's Creed 2, plus the Brotherhood side of it should have been more forced on the player, as I didn't really feel the need to use the Assassin Allies feature. And maybe, yes, this is an, an unpopular placing, but that's my opinion, duh. <laughs> At number 9, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I actually quite enjoyed my first playthrough of Syndicate, because it felt quite different, something new, while still focusing on the Assassin Templar War that I love so much. But after a few years, I started seeing the faults in it, the, the combat, the character of Jacob, the overall feel of the gameplay. It actually felt further away from the vintage games than, let's say, Valhalla, which happens 1000 years before the events of Syndicate. And it's still much closer to the identity of Assassin's Creed. And that's really unfortunate. At number 8, Assassin's Creed 1. The original game that paved the way for all these other games and other projects. And I think AC1 was, a gr was great at establishing what the franchise should feel like. What it, what it is all about. But it's not one of the games that I want to replay the most. Maybe, maybe it's because it's the oldest game and the evolution in the industry has shown us how much a, a game can do nowadays. But nevertheless, AC1 was a great beginning for this for this franchise, my favorite game franchise, and I gotta give it to it, to the game, to the developers, but it's not a game that I 
particularly want to revisit anytime soon. At number seven, Assassin's Creed Unity, which might feel like a sin putting it above Assassin's Creed 1. And for me, Unity was great at showing what an Assassin's Creed next-gen title could look and feel like, which is so sad to know that what worked about this game wasn't developed further, like I said before, simply because of the hate it received regarding the bugs and the unimpressive protagonists. But, in my opinion, the city of Paris, the mechanics of the parkour, they were just breathtaking, and I want the graphics of Unity to be a priority for future games, because even though it was a buggy game, yes, no doubt about that, that visual design of characters and the world was quite beautiful. At number six, Assassin's Creed Revelations. For me, what worked about this game, with this game, was the finality of Ezio's journey. How mature this character that we had known since, since he was 17 in Assassin's Creed 2, how he had become. Even though the main story in Constantinople wasn't really memorable, the connection to Ezio and his connection to Altair's last years was such a pivotal part and a reason as to why Revelations is this high in my ranking. I think it really, um, it really ended, finalized Ezio and Altair's journeys, stories, just so damn well. At number five, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3. Okay, guys, this is an unpopular opinion of the highest standard I know. But understand this, Assassin's Creed 3 was the first game I played of the franchise. It was what led me to play the first four games and follow the rest of the franchise. And perhaps what turned me into an avid gamer, actually. The character of Connor and the story might not be perfect, or even excellent, or even great, but the relationship between Connor and his father was really one of the best bits about AC3. And that final scene between them is one of the few moments in the franchise that makes me tear up. Yeah. At number four, Assassin's Creed Origins. The clear reinvention of the franchise, the first two-year gap between installments since Assassin's Creed 2. And I get why they did it. The franchise turned into more of an RPG game formula, which is upsetting. But Bayek's personal story and the journey of the whole game in, in relation to the rest of the franchise was quite an interesting turn. And it set up some stuff that we already knew, but it also planted the seeds for future games, I hope, maybe. And of course, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. Bayek of Siwa is an unbelievably good character, so well crafted, and you almost immediately fall in love with him from the very start. It's, wow, it's just such a powerful, um, journey of him, and yeah, I love it. At number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
Maybe I'm being biased. Because it was the last game I've played. <laughs> the last, the latest game in the, in the franchise. But I quite enjoyed what they did with Valhalla. Eivor is another great protagonist. Their moral code is clearly set and displayed. Their personality is something I think we can all relate to. And the franchise implications were pretty shocking and something I'm still wrapping my mind around. Um, I really enjoyed playing the game, even, even if it was too long, and I'm glad that it was so much, but so much, of an upgrade since Odyssey. At number two, Assassin's Creed 2. Most people put the second AC game in first place, and for good reasons, but this is my list, of course, and although I love Ezio, although I love this game, and I love the world building of this game, I just connected more to my top choice, which is Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag at number one. It was the first time there was a clear drift away from what made AC AC, but putting us in the shoes of a pirate who comes into contact with the assassins but and learns from them, but it's still he's, he's still a very, very much of a pirate. Um, that, that, that idea, like drifting away, it just didn't really let me down, which is which might be a bit hypocritical because in the last three games, there was no uh, focused. There was no focus on being an assassin, per se. But here, I don't know. I was, I was actually more in love with the story of Edward Kenway, because because of that, because of how he came into contact with the assassins and wasn't one from the beginning. Because of that, and not despite of it, his relationships are what made Edward Edward. And seeing the, the relationships evolve in time and how sometimes they ended and changed and became I it was just it was such a beautiful journey. And that last cinematic scene is another tear jerking moment for me. And for those reasons and many more Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag comes in at number one. Guys, that was it. All 12 Assassin's Creed games ranked based on my opinion. This was another long episode because I really wanted to dive deep into each section of these games, but I want to hear from you now. Not only your lists, but also what you thought about this episode. Did you enjoy the structure I used? Or would you rather have me go through the list one by one and explain their placing instead and in greater depth? I don't mind either way, honestly, but I decided to do this episode like this to vary and experiment, see what works for me and you. So please, I'd love some feedback on this episode and the rest. Uh, the links to my social media accounts and email are on the description of the podcast, so hit me up when and if you can. I would love to hear from you and know my audience 
better in a more personal way. With that said, goodbye my friends. This has been just one more opinion. I have been Charlie and you have been phenomenal. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.